welcome you in this place, oh God. Father, we come here to meet you again, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you are one of a kind and your love is one of a kind. And we recognize that we are nothing without you, Jesus. So we are here seeking your face, oh God. Seeking your face once again. There is nothing else that we want more than you, oh God, in our lives. Less of us and more of you, oh God. Less of us and more of you, God. We worship you, King. We worship you, Jesus. Nothing else. 
Listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago that the glory you had given him, we would somehow come to know. So make us one accord. And righteousness You desire the world to see Let your glory And honor 
Hey guys, welcome to the Surrenderology Jesus show. Man, I am stoked about my guest tonight. He's from Milwaukee and actually he was on my show just before COVID. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to see him. His name is uh, Adam Purcell and he works uh, at the uh, community warehouse. And there's a, another like part of community warehouse and it's called Partners of Hope. And uh, guys, if you had not seen uh, this guy, this person's testimony, you're going to be blessed tonight. I'm telling you. Um, he's an amazing young man and he's on fire for God and he's going to do some amazing things, not only here in the city of Milwaukee, but across the United States with some of the things he's doing and the vision that God gave him. So we're going to be talking about that, but so we need to pray for our police officers, guys. Uh, in fact, this person that I'm having on tonight, Adam, he just came from the Milwaukee police department's, uh, graduation ceremony for the new recruits. So pretty awesome stuff. And um, man, we need to pray for our, 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 our police officers. Guys, we've already, um, we've already declared that there's hundreds of thousands of angels, warrior angels that are around them. So let's just start declaring peace, Father. Um, and we're also going to declare, Father, that Matthew 18, 19, where you said we're two or more together, that you would be in the midst and that whatever we ask for in your name would happen. So right now, guys, let's just do it. Father, in Jesus' name, we're just declaring that, that you would just send down fire right now across the United States. Just send down fire right now. Just burn away the things that need to be burned away. Get us in unity, Father, where you said that they would they would know us by our unity and they would know that we are with you, Father. We're just declaring that right now for all the born-again believers. Just take away those things that are separating us, Father. We just declare that the spirit of division has got to go right now in Jesus' name. We're declaring that the spirit of violence has got to go. Right now in Jesus' name. Spirit of, of racism needs to go right now in Jesus' name. Yes. Father, just supernatural peace is poured out right now. Just poured out right now. Mm, Father, I just I just got a vision, guys, that that he was just pouring anointing oil across the world in the United States. And I'm telling you guys, Father, we just love you in Jesus' name. Guys, I'm telling you that Holy Spirit is moving right now. And he's giving visions and plans, the things that he wants done in our cities, in our workplaces, wherever we go. And when you hear this young man's story tonight, and then you hear the vision that God gave him and what he's going to be doing, I'm telling you, man, it is amazing. And I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So what is Surrender All of Jesus Ministries all about? Check out this video. If I can get it to go here. Oh, just real quick too. So Ecamm, this, this software program that I'm using, um, they came up with a different way to bring guests on. So I am not using Skype. I'm actually using Ecamm's link that is interjected within this software program. So if you could, let me know that you guys can hear us okay. Let me know if there's any glitches that you guys are seeing besides me flubbing up my words and like not being able to get the scenes correctly or something. Uh, we're talking like technical stuff. So let me know you guys can hear me okay and everything is coming across on your side good. So, all right, so let's check out what Surrender All of Jesus is all about. Are you gonna surrender? Now in every one of us, if we look back in our lives, we can see how God 
was training us to do the things that he really wants us to do. The question is, is are we listening to the Holy Spirit? The time is now. There's no more excuses for each one of us. We need to step in that cause because each one of us, that cause is directly linked to people that are lost in the city, the state, and the world. So we need to step in that cause and do that so that we can reach those people. Let me ask you a question. Do you want joy in your life? You know what, if you want joy in your life, what you need to do is surrender all. And that's exactly what this whole website, the, the radio ministry is all about, is surrendering those things to God that He wants you to do so you can step in that awesome destiny that He has for your life. You know what, there's a lot of really cool things that are going on in the city of Milwaukee. God does have a strategic plan to change the things that are going on. We've been laying a foundation, a revival has started, and you know what, He needs you. God needs you to do those awesome things that He preordained just for you to reach the people of the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, and the world. Surrender All Ministries is all about partnering with as many people as we can. You know, we got Clark Square Initiative that we're partnering with. We got Salvation Army. We have Rescue Mission. We have all these different ministries that are doing things in the city of Milwaukee. There's a reconciliation that has been going on between churches, all different denominations, and we're working together as one in Christ. You're almost out of time. You better give up. All right. So, hey, uh, Melissa is watching and we just pull her up here. Yes, she's watching from Grafton. Melissa, man, you are on fire for God right now. And um, Melissa just got done doing the uh, Firestarters class that we had at Faith Builders Church that I taught. And then she went on the After Dark Homeless Ministry that we did. Just an amazing thing what God is doing through her right now. And I love I love seeing it. I just love watching that kind of stuff. So thanks for watching, Melissa. All right, so here's what you guys need to do right now. In the comments section, if you're watching, and I know I have at least, I don't know, eight or nine people watching, but I only got one person that put a comment in. So if you could, let me know where you're watching from. Just say, you know, Grafton or Canada or wherever that may be. And then let me know if you're the first time viewer. Um, hey, Jen, awesome, yes. Very cool. Actually, Jennifer is going to be on the show at the end of the month. So get ready for that. It's going to be an awesome, awesome show. Um, so yeah, so write, put in a text in the, in the comment section where you guys are watching from. If you got prayer requests, do that. So the other thing is I'm still looking to try to get at least 200 or more people on my YouTube page. So in the comment section, all you need to do is click that link where it says YouTube. Don't do it now because I want you guys to watch this show. But afterwards, click on that. Subscribe and then hit that bell and uh, then you'll get all the notifications when I upload new videos and when I go live there, which I will be doing soon. I'll be going live on a couple different platforms at once. Um, so that's going to be coming up. So excellent. The other thing, prayer request, put that in there. And uh, man, I'm telling you, sponsorship, guys. I would not be able to do this show, wouldn't be able to do the things that I do within the Surrender All of Jesus ministry without my sponsors. So let's watch the sponsors and then we're going to get right into this awesome, awesome, awesome guy, Adam Procell. Guys, welcome to the uh, the advertising slash sponsorship of the Surrender All of Jesus show. Guys, you know what? I've been doing this since about 2014. I took a little bit of a break um, in 2017, came back on in um, 2019. And guys, man, the show is all about just showcasing what God is doing through people. And if you've been blessed by this, guys, I would love for you guys to partner with me. And there's three ways that you guys can partner with me. The first way is to pray. Just 
constantly pray that that when we speak these things over the airwaves, that Holy Spirit is moving, and not only will it reach people during the the live show, but when people like review the shows, um, year, three years, ten years from now, that Holy Spirit would still just go right through these airwaves, and it would touch people's lives and it would change people. Guys, I'm telling you, I I've had many times people coming back and telling me that that something that my guest said or something that I said it just changed their lives, and that's what this is all about. So. Prayer, that's the first thing. The second thing, guys, is uh, actively participating. So it's watching, and then I love emojis and all that kind of stuff. But, man, I'm telling you, those comments are where it's really at. So if one, if I say something and it just resonates with your heart, or if my guest says something and it resonates with your heart, just say something. Put as many comments as you can. I mean, right away, tell me where you're watching from and all those kind of things like I talked about at the beginning of the show. But that's the second way. The third way, guys, is to financially support this show and the ministry itself. I mean, we also do like fire starter classes and all that. The main thing that God put on my heart is to help people get deliverance, freedom, get aligned correctly, and then step in that awesome destiny that he has for your life. Man, so advertising. If your business or and and or your uh, your your ministry, if you want to partner with me, I have three different tiers of, of, of advertising. And if you look at right now, I'll look at the screen. Uh, Christina Cornell is one of my sponsors, and she does all my multimedia stuff, guys. She does the website for the Surrender All of Jesus website. She does the website for Healthy Surrender. So she does that. She can branding, uh, labeling, uh, multimedia stuff. I mean, it's just amazing. She's an amazing woman of God. And she, she allows Holy Spirit to flow through what she's doing and doing things for your, your, your business or your ministry. She also has a ministry of her own with her daughter, Isabella. And they do singing and they do testimony things. And they're trying to reach out to young people and, and men and women. But their ministry is called Tell Them Ministries. If you really want to see what they're all about within that ministry, watch last week's show. Just go on the YouTube page or go on my Facebook page and uh, just search uh, Christina Cornell and it'll pop up. She's been on my show several times. So that's one sponsor, guys. That's a way you can do it. Or in another way, financially supporting is just go through PayPal or just go through my website and just do a love offering. I mean, if... if if this show has blessed you, just do a love offering. I would never give an amount of what someone should give. But if while you're watching, Holy Spirit is like just kind of urging you to give a certain amount, give that amount because the blessing is to me, but it's more so for you. Man, it activates that blessing that whatever you would need, whatever Holy Spirit is telling you. So the other thing, guys, is my ministry. And that ministry is called Healthy Surrender. Guys, let me tell you, man, I... Not only do we do deliverance, we do inner healing, I do life coaching and mentoring and mediation. I mean, all those kind of things to get people, get, get them correct and get them aligned correctly. And what's, and what's really important, guys, is that intimate relationship with him. So we talk about those kind of things. What is holding you back from reaching that, that real deep, intimate relationship with him and then that destiny that he has for your life? So I look at it in a holistic, like whole circle approach of your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit. So we look at all those different things. So I do sell products, and one of the products that I sell is HGH, and you guys can see it right here. It's called H, there we go, HGH. It's a human growth hormone. Guys, let me tell you what. 
increased levels of your human growth hormone in your body results in the possibility of all these things coming into play for you. Deeper sleep, vivid dreams, smooth skin, increased metabolism. Guys, when I first started taking it, I immediately saw my abs coming back and I wasn't like changing my eating habits at all. And those things were happening. Man, you talk about sleeping well. I was getting into that REM sleep better than I've ever had in my life. And the reason why I know this is because I actually started remembering my dreams. And guys, dreams are important. That's a way that God speaks to us is through our dreams. So look at that list, guys. I mean, it's just an amazing, an amazing thing. And it comes from increased level of HGH, which is in this bottle. And it's transdermal, meaning you put it on your skin. I just kind of rub it in twice a day. Uh, five days a week. It's an amazing thing, guys. And the other product, the other product, guys, is keto products. Man, here. Oh, there we go. I'll get it right. It's like backwards when we're doing it on air. So HGH gel and keto products. You're saying, what is keto? Well, keto is your, your way to get your body in a ketosis state, which means that taking this, which is like a shake, you take it in the morning and it gets your body in that ketosis state, which means that your body is going to burn the fat in you, what you have right now, as fuel instead of the carbs and the things that you may eat. So this right here is Keto uh, Gen 4. And there's a new product that just came out. It's called KG4. And we also, I don't even have it yet. I'm waiting for it to come. It's called Fortress. And Fortress is an immune uh, boost like vitamin. It has a lot of awesome stuff and I'll be talking about that in the future. So check it out. Go to healthysurrender.com. All right, guys. So I know I need to probably redo that, but it, a little, some of it's kind of old and I do want to get my daughter back in doing her, uh, her exercise stuff. She's a master trainer. So, all right. I am stoked about my guest and, um, but what I would like to do is show a little bit of a clip of when him and I did our interview back in March. And then, because some of the things he was talking about was this new program that he was going to try to introduce uh, into the Milwaukee Police Department. And he ended up doing that. So I want to show that clip and then show a little bit about, um, about the stuff that's going on right now. And then right after that, it'll be an interview of him and I. So check out this clip. This is Adam Procell. And this is a community warehouse and the other part of that, which is Partners of Hope. And the program that he's now going to be running and running uh, and partnering with Milwaukee Police Department is called Building Bridges. And so check this out, guys. Uh, this is an amazing thing. Adam Purcell. You, know, you can have gateway friends. I had one friend who had other friends that were gang members. So they kind of became my friends by association. So it's very true. It's that first initial friend may not be that bad, but their friends might be. In my case, that was uh, what led to my eventual downfall. So keep in mind, this is happening within about four or five month period of time. It's, it's not a long stretch at all. So for, for you parents out there who think, I'm a good kid, uh, they're doing okay, I, can, I promise you, you can change in a heartbeat. Because it did for me. Yeah. So I went from this kid at 14 to I joined a gang at the end of age 14 to three days after I turned 15 years old, I was involved in a gang-related shooting where unfortunately one person was shot and survived and one person was shot and did not survive. And I was charged as, a, as an adult because in 1995, that was the start of the Get Tough on, on juvenile crimes. So I was convicted, rightfully so, because I was absolutely guilty for what I was charged with. And I was given a mandatory life sentence in prison. 
So I was sent some 15 years old. And you were here in Milwaukee, right? I was here in Milwaukee. Yeah, okay. I'm about five foot one, 110 pounds, and they sent me to uh, the worst adult prison in the state of Wisconsin, Green Bay. You know, it's back then it was referred to as gladiator school, which is obviously very ominous. And you can see the connotations of that phrase when you, when you pull up front because it's very medieval in, in stature and look. Um, I was terrified. And when I got there, I was the youngest, the smallest, and probably, unfortunately, the weakest person. And, and how old were you again? I was 15. 15, guys. Right. Um, I don't know if you're hearing this, but he, 15 years old, convicted uh, as an adult, right? Because they, they waved him into adult court because of the crime. And now this 15-year-old is at Green Bay. Crazy. It's, right, go ahead, it was a scary time because every single person that I saw was bigger than me, was stronger than me, was was much more um, evolved mentally than I was. I didn't even have hair on my face. And I kind of joke now when I went to prison, I couldn't, I didn't have to shave when I left prison. Uh, I, I didn't have any hair on my head, so it's kind of a, a long, long stretch of time there. To kind of put it into perspective. So my first couple of years um, were understandably not good. I felt that I was this young kid and I thought the need to kind of posture and stick my chest out to show that I wasn't this, this weak little kid. Uh, so I was constantly getting into trouble, constantly being sent to segregation until one time I got into a fight with a correctional officer and would spend the next four consecutive years in solitary confinement. And that was 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, over the course of a couple of different prisons where I get transferred to and from. Yeah. Um, and that was tough. The solitary confinement is tough. Do, do a lot of people probably don't like tell us what that is. I mean, it, your, your cell is probably smaller. Um, the time that you can actually, can you even go outside? It, it, it all depends on the level of the prison and any restrictions that you're on. Gotcha. Most places will allow for like an hour out, two or three times a week. And, yeah, and one of the things that I keyed on when we were talking before, you said that typically they're saying that no one should be in solitary for more than 90 days. Correct. And guys, he spent four years consecutive in solitary confinement. Can that even be done anymore? I mean, I would think that that's it's, it's still being done. Those those guidelines are just from studies that, that feel that you, the normal person shouldn't be housed, but people are still housed for, and sometimes it's needed because people can't be controlled in general right. population. So right, right. But okay, go ahead. Didn't okay. did mean to interrupt. No, no worries. Yep. Anytime you want to ask, by all means, please do. Yep. Um, so now I think I'm roughly 19 years old. Uh, I'm not only in my insolitary confinement. I'm in the newly built supermax prison in Wisconsin. I was the youngest person in that prison. So everywhere I went, I was always the youngest person. Not a a track record, a resume that you want to want to have. Yeah. So, and not only am I in Supermax, but I got in trouble inside of Supermax. So I was in what's called a control status cell, where they literally take everything from you except for your underwear, and that's it. All you have is, uh, and sometimes they take your under underwear as well. I fortunately had mine, and so I'm strapped to a probably one and a half inch mat all the way across my body because I was I was out of control at that. Uh, I remember looking at the ceiling thinking, how, how did I go from an honor roll and, and a life full of so much potential to having a life sentence, being in solitary confinement for years? How, how did that happen? Right. And because nobody in my family 
is is criminally involved or or gets into trouble. Right. So like, how did that happen to me? Yeah. About the year prior, I couldn't help but have these conversations with God and ask like, what am I doing? Right. The, the the feelings of guilt were starting to creep in right. um, at a very high rate. So I was having this relationship with God internally. And so when I, when I announced my gang affiliation, I, I thought I did the right thing because I faced the number one thing I was afraid of, and right. that was renouncing my gang affiliation, and I did. I thought, why don't I, why don't I feel better? And so I kind of get angry with God, not understanding I did what was hard. I did what you want, what I thought you wanted me to do. Right. So why don't I feel right? And so I, I went along like that for, for a good amount of time, probably a few weeks, and then it kind of just hit me one day that, because that's not enough. That's why you feel like that. You can't just simply renounce a gang affiliation. Someone died. Someone was shot. These are serious things. You, just, you say I'm sorry if you, if you spill somebody's milk or something like that. Yeah. You can't just say I'm sorry okay. for taking yeah. somebody's life. Yep. And so then I realized in an instant that I had to dedicate my life to, to keeping kids out of gangs, preventing what I was once a part of. Right. And that's what I did. And so I, I invested every single thing inside of me to keeping kids out of gangs. And obviously I couldn't do much for the next couple of years right. because I was in Wisconsin Supermax prison. Right. But when I was released back into the general population, I got involved with the BRIC program where kids are bused in from Milwaukee up to Green Bay. Right. And our, they spent a half a day with, with me, essentially, and others like me. And we just told them about our decisions and it's not a scary straight program. Yeah. We treat them with respect. And to this day, I've never once told a kid, hey, get out of the gang because they, they know yeah. right and wrong. Right. Uh, but I say, if you want to, that's your choice. But I can tell you what's probably going to happen to you. Right. And so, over the next twenty years, I probably spoke with ten thousand kids. No, no, no joke. That wow. came into the prison system to sleep with me. Wow. Um. So, can you talk about the letter you got? Is that possible to talk Absolutely. about? So, tell us about that, because that was was that around the same time you're looking at maybe getting out on parole. No, this was no. years ago. This was in 2007. Okay. So this is right while you're doing the book, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. So I'm just about finishing up transcribing, transcribing the so book. So kind of tell what 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 happened with that. I know it, it brought some. It was it was huge for you. So. Right. It was probably one of the most, if not the most, powerful moment of my life. Uh, as an inmate, day to day, if you have a job, you come back and there's a mail list, and every day every inmate's hope to see a little check by his name. That means you have mail from somebody. Uh, that cared to take the time to, to correspond with you. Yeah. On this particular time, my name was checked, so I was happy about that. And as soon as I got the letter, I saw the, the name on the return address. It was, had the, my victim's last name on the letter. And so right away, my that's, every time I talk about it, I still get goosebumps and chills. Yeah. Um, because I was like, okay, I've been expecting to hear from them for, for a while. Yeah. And there's a part of me that this might sound odd, I kind of wanted the letter to say, you know, you piece of crap, I hope you rot. You don't yeah. ever deserve a single other day. Just because the guilt had been so eating me. Yeah, yeah it, it was eating me alive. There were times that I used to beg God not to let have me wake up tomorrow because those feelings of guilt were just tearing me up inside. Yeah. So my hands were a little bit shaky. Um, and when I opened a letter, the letter couldn't have been further from what I thought I was going to say because it was everything possible that I could want to hear to better myself because they were thanking me. The father thanked me for what I was doing. He encouraged me to continue to do what I was doing in his son's name. 
A couple of days later, I got a letter from his grandmother. Same thing. Can we offer you any books? Can I send you anything that can help you in this endeavor? And it humbled me in ways that I cannot put into words. Yeah. Because like, who am I to get mad at somebody for doing whatever when these people can write to me? Yeah. And say thank you. Yeah. I mean, can you? I mean, just on a human level. It's, it's crazy, God. Yeah. Oh, that's goodness. just total like forgiveness and and. Um, do you think that was? Like the pivotal point that really kind of went, you know what, God, I think this this is something you want me to do for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Because prior to that, I had felt like I was doing the right thing, but that. But is it the concrete right? purpose? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Those are the things I've always wanted to do in life. Yeah. That I enjoy, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. This happened for a reason. Yep. And now this is the reason. Now this is what you're going to do yep. for the rest of your life. Awesome. So. I, we're actually we only have like about four minutes left, so the time went pretty quick. It, did. it always does, man. It always does. So, where are you at now? So right now you're doing the outreach uh, specialist stuff there, um, but you also got some stuff in the works. And I'm telling you guys, what you told me about, and I don't know if you can even talk about it, but that program that you're going to do is going to change people's lives, and I think it's going to. Flip upside down what's actually happening in the city of Milwaukee. Absolutely. And um, I really believe that that would also be um, brought into other cities to help people too. Guaranteed, man. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. That's the important. If you, if you take nothing else from what I'm about to say, please understand what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. Because I promise you we're going to re revolutionize re-entry. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, it's pretty simple. You can look at it this way. The legislature creates laws. The Milwaukee Police Department, the Sheriff's Department, FBI, ATF, they kind of enforce the laws. Yeah. The, the prosecutors that um, do something to you if, if you break those laws. Uh, you have correctional officers that watch over you when you are housed during a sentence. Right. And also during that time you have like the fire department, the EMT, sometimes they're called the crime scene, so they're involved as well. Yeah. The military on, on a martial law, if you get to that sort of thing, right. that, that, I had them involved as well. So what if every single person that's released from incarceration is given one of these people that's used to putting them behind bars, now extending a hand and saying, hey, I want to keep you out of prison. Yeah. Getting back to when Nick Ringler was putting me in front of the FBI agents, federal prosecutors, yeah. who were extending their hand to me and humanized yeah. me, yeah. I promise you it will make a profound difference. Because now they have, they have a circle yeah. outside of what they're used to. And not yeah. only is it a circle of a positive person, yeah. It's a circle to the right. people society feels is most important to the, this country. Yeah, yeah. I used to teach officers that, I mean, the state has a program. It's, it's called professional communications. And it starts, it's like a full circle like thing. It starts with your contact and then you end with the disposition. But what I used to teach the officers is that, you know what, even though you go through this circle of your contact, what's going on, and there's different shoots of all these different things that are happening, mental health might be happening, it could be a theft, it, you could have fight with the person, and now they're in custody, now you're back into the, you know, at, in the booking room, but you want to bring it back to that normalcy, and there's no reason why you can't end it with a positive contact. Right. There's no reason at all, you know, and it's like, think out of that box and really think of how can we help this individual? And if you can kind of identify some of those root causes, are we able to refer them to get the help that they actually need? But Absolutely. dude, I mean, I was that officer that would kind of walk through and do those kind of things. I know we talked a little bit about that, but man, 
how effective would it be if that officer that made the arrest or that detective that incarcerated you is now going to still kind of be with you along the way if you are going to eventually get out? Not only is it going to help the individual, because they're now thinking long term, right? right? They're thinking, how can we change this individual to, to change the things that are going on? And I'm telling you, the joy that's going to come in that officer's Absolutely. life is going to be amazing. It's mutually beneficial. It's crazy good. I love it, man. I totally, totally love it. Um, I'll, whatever you need me to do to be part of it, man, sure. I will totally be part of that. All hands on deck. Yeah, definitely. Good morning. My name is Adam Brosell, and I'm the community outreach specialist here at Partners in Hope, and we're a Christian prisoner rancher program. You may be wondering, why are the powers that be meeting within the laws of a prisoner ranching program? And quite simply, and I'm just going to be blunt, we at Partners in Hope, we're in the business of preventing tears from falling. These gentlemen that you see on the wall here have been in prison, have gotten out, and been overwhelmingly successful. And what I mean by we're in the business of preventing tears from falling, to understand you have to understand what successful and unsuccessful prisoner reentry looks like. Because when one of these people get out of prison and decide to reoffend and shoot somebody on 21st and Mineral, that person has a mother, a father. That person is going to cry because they lost a loved one. So when I say we are in the business of preventing tears from falling, so we are dedicated to keeping people who get out of prison from committing another crime. That's what these men are dedicated to here behind me as well. Because from a statistic standpoint, one of David's men goes and arrests somebody doing something illegal, statistically, they had probably been in prison before. So by definition, by default, reentry has failed there. And so we're in the game to change that narrative. And about six months ago, I met with Chief Brunson. I, I bring this up because I want to say to everybody that this isn't something new that they're just working on now. And why is it important that I met with Chief Brunson? Why is it important that he met with somebody like me? Because I received a life sentence three days after I turned 15 years old. And I served 23 years. And he did not hesitate to bring me into his office, humanize me and say, what can we do? We need to change this narrative, shift the paradigm. Truly engage with the community. Because those relationships, when an officer arrests somebody, what do we want to happen? Do we want somebody to die? Do we want somebody to shoot an officer? Absolutely not. We all need to be on the same side. And coming out soon, we're gonna revolutionize what true community engagement, true community policing looks like. It'll be in a very short period of time, but I promise you, and I'm a man of my word, because that's all I have in life, that's the only thing people can't take from me. We are going to revolutionize for Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is gonna be the gold standard for the rest of the nation on what community policing looks like. So please do not sleep on us. Appreciate you coming down, listening to the powers that be. Put politics aside, and let's save some lives. Let's prevent those tears from falling. Thank you. This I got all done in one piece, so yeah. 24-year-old Dewan probably never thought he'd be comparing tattoos with Sergeant Michael Dix. The one item of common ground that you can relate to somebody else, it's a, it's a springboard. We need something bigger than ourselves. Dix and other law enforcement officers joined a conversation Thursday at Partners in Hope. Its goal? Humanize the badge, humanize the tattoo. Anybody can make a misperception or, or, or throw a stereotype at somebody, and it's hurtful in both ways. This exercise is part of a faith-based workshop for men recently released from prison. The man leading the discussion knows that position well. 
Adam Purcell served 23 years after a murder conviction when he was 15. He says Thursday's dialogue is a positive first step. We're not trying to make everything better in one day. We can show them that the people that are in their minds used to putting them in prison are the very first people extending a hand when they get out saying, we need you to succeed. It's a game changer mentally, internally. And this program here is going to assist me in getting to where I want to go at in life from here. Sylvania Crosley just got out after 40 years in prison for first degree murder. He hopes to work with young men and with law enforcement to prevent the type of damage he's caused in his life. If we could bridge the gap and change the perception that people have, then we'll be able to uh, accomplish something. People who come out, um, sometimes they're, they're in a position where, where they don't believe that hope is out there. And in, in truth, I mean, there's people that work in law enforcement that, that look around the communities that they're policing and they don't see hope either. But this room was filled with hope. It's their hope to build trust, community, and a better future. In Milwaukee, Dan Malloy, Spectrum News. Hey guys, that's pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? I'm telling you, man, God is moving within this young man. And uh, Adam, I do thank you for, for coming on. Um, you're the community outreach specialist at um, Warehouse. Uh, let me get it here. Community Warehouse. But the other part of that is the Partners in Hope. And, and you just introduced something called Building Bridges uh, with Law Enforcement with the Milwaukee Police. And dude, I, I thank you for coming on the show again. And I just love how the last time thank you were on the show, man, you just like prophetically declared what was going to be happening. And um it's it's amazing. It's I I hope that the listeners and the people that are watching right now will get that God is giving us visions and plans, and those things might be big, they might be small, but whatever that vision plan is, it's actually to reach the people that you already had preordained that you're supposed to reach. I mean, dude, you have thousands of people that you're going to reach. I mean, just thousands and thousands, and it's going to be connected with other people that that you don't even know because of that multiplication thing that's going to end up happening. So, all right, dude, love it. Just tell me what's been going on since the last time you were on the show. And uh, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. Um, yeah, wh whatever could you mean? Uh, 2020 <laughs> has been quite uneventful. Uh, nothing's happened of, of note. So, no, um, it is kind of uh, interesting to see. Yeah, did you realize that when you I think you were my last guest just before COVID, <laughs> people were looking at where is he doing yeah, that? Before before the world changed. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on. I I very much appreciate the time and um, the people who are, who are listening and watching. Uh, very much appreciate it. Um, a lot has happened. It's kind of it's kind of odd to watch some of what you just replayed, because uh, back then a lot of things were on the drawing board. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm a firm believer in, in God gives you these ideas yeah. uh, and it's up to you to do something about them. Yeah. Uh, he's going to open those doors for you, uh, but it's, op it's up to you to, to walk through them. And right. so it's kind of, it's interesting and, and hopeful to see um, some of those thoughts and ideas way back in, in the early uh, 2020 um, kind of come to fruition now. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So, I, so are you still doing, so t tell our listeners about the community warehouse and then the partners of hope and then kind of springboard into the, the, the building, the bridges, because a lot of people might not know what the community warehouse is. And you guys are doing some amazing things on all different levels and different, different areas. So 
Why don't you kind of explain a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, what the community warehouse is, we have three locations. Um, there's one on the south side, one on the north side, and one on the, the far northwest side. And you can kind of look at it as a, a Home Depot for the inner city. So what happens is we, we procure products from various vendors like Kohler or Costco and all brand new products um, that are donated to us. And we sell them to the community uh, at a reduced cost. So uh, if you want to help try to re repair things in your house or, or redo a living room or deck or bathroom, whatever it is, uh, we have all sorts of materials that can uh, that can help you do that. Uh, and you can, you can purchase them very cheaply uh, at our warehouses. Um, as a byproduct of that, the, the proceeds from that uh, go to where I work, and that's Partners in Hope. And Partners in Hope is a prisoner reentry program, and we're a Christian nonprofit. Um, and what we do is we try to essentially, as that video showed, um, to simplify things, we prevent the tears from falling again. And so we understand that people commit crimes and people make mistakes. And when, like most are, I think 96% of the people that go to prison get out. So what do we want to do for those people when they get out? Do you just want to throw them to the wolves of society and hope they don't commit another crime? Or do you want to give them the skills, the yeah. resources, the positive support circles that they need to be successful? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, so uh, the listeners, when they were watching that video, they were you were talking about the um, that letter that you got from um, from the victim's family and stuff that was huge for you. Hey, I mean, that was like, that was probably a really unbelievable pinnacle point of how God was just saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Yeah. Correct. It's one of those moments where you think you have purpose transforming into this is my purpose. Yeah. And, and man, man with a purpose. And I mean that man or female yeah. human with a purpose yeah. is a force to be reckoned with. And especially yeah. if you believe in God, yeah. Uh, I just told somebody today, I feel, I feel like I'm playing with house money. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean like I'm, I'm gambling, yeah. but I mean that with, with God on my side, I feel like I can't lose. And I don't mean it in any sort of arrogant way, yeah. uh, but I feel I, I, I generally can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Uh, his grace and the grace that was shown, um, the forgiveness. I mean, those are all things that you just, it's supernatural. I mean, it really is, especially within the circumstances of all the things that happened. And um, I'm telling you that I, I really believe that if we listen to God and and we give those things to him that, that we should for forgiveness and just letting it go, it opens the door for a lot of different things to happen, not only in our own lives, but the lives that we touch. And dude, that's that's you. It's that, that opened it up for you like immensely so that you could really hit that level on that platform of where God was actually was actually bringing you through, right? I mean, there's a process that we all have to go through. Yeah. Absolutely, and sometimes that that process is tough, and sometimes that that process is essentially metaphorically rolling around on the on the ground and dirt and mud and and you know just the worst possible things humanity has to offer. Um, yeah. But out of that, oftentimes comes you know beautiful flowers. Right. Yeah. And so. Yeah. So now the Partners of Hope, that's been going on for about two years, right? Around two years? Correct. So now this um, building the bridge with, with law enforcement, that's going to be kind of intertwined with that, right? Um, can you kind of talk about that? Absolutely. It's, it's a major part of our program. It's probably moving forward. It's probably one of the, the most important parts of our program. I and mean, not to diminish anything else because it, it's all important. Yeah. 
but I say that because the the current climate with the United States right now, with law enforcement and citizens seemingly at odds with one another, yeah. like how do we bridge that gap? Yeah. The only way you do that is to humanize each other. As you showed in that video, we, yeah. we aim to humanize the badge and humanize the tattoo, metaphorics for police officer and, and those who commit crimes, because obviously a lot of people go to prison and have tattoos. Not to say all, but you know, I always feel like I have to, you know, apologize for certain things, and it's like I'm, I'm so I don't want to offend anybody. No. <laughs> so in no way do I mean uh, if you have a tattoo, you've been to, to prison. But that's right. kind of like the the reasoning behind that phrase. Right. No, I I totally get that. I um, it's I mean being on the law enforcement side and doing the things that I did. Um, I was definitely a little bit different than your normal officers, and and part of that, you know, in that video, people kind of kind of heard. Um, but I was a guy that would arrest somebody for drunk driving, you know, and then get them in the booking cell and then seeing if they wanted to get help. And I would take off my uniform, go pick them up, get them into detox, you know, and then get them in a recovery group at my church. So, and there are a lot of officers that are like that. They just don't, a lot of them just don't know how to do it or what to do. And I think you're going to open up this door of officers really doing really why they became officers to help people. Um, yeah, it's sometimes we got to arrest people. Sometimes you have to do those kind of things. Sometimes you have, you have to fight people and sometimes you got to shoot at people to defend yourself or others. I mean, I get that. But all of that intertwined within, you can still help people. I mean, you can still have that positive contact. I mean, you know, it's it's an amazing thing that I, I think what happens is that there's a lot of officers that get really cynical about the things that they're seeing. I mean, they're constantly in the the areas of where the devil's trying to destroy people and property constantly they're getting called and called and called and lied and lied to and and they're dealing within the realms of how evil is happening within our cities uh, or our villages or towns and to have an avenue where they can arrest someone and then really kind of follow through and help that individual that's huge i mean it's 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 totally huge now you just got done going through like an, an academy and those kind of things. What kind of response did you get? Overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think today was a testament to that because, yeah. as you alluded to earlier on, uh, prior to this, I just came from from the graduation ceremony at the academy. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of important for a couple different reasons because because of COVID, things have shifted to. Uh, very minimum people being able to attend even the mayor mayor's office wasn't able to attend so just pretty much just family right uh, and each recruit is given a, a certain number of tickets right um and because of the work we've been doing with with the academy and at um or at with the recruits and at the academy yeah. uh one of the recruits a couple of recruits actually uh donated a ticket to me so i could come and and witness witness their graduation yeah so i i feel unbelievably blessed to have been there, uh, so honored. And I think Milwaukee it should be very hopeful for that this next generation of officer that's coming into coming into the scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a different perspective, and but it opens the door for them to be able to actually do more than just arrest someone and totally forget about that person. I mean, because you're also dealing with the, the person's family and all those other things. I mean, it's, there's, yeah, there, there's a lot more that I think we could be doing too. I know when uh, when I wrote the the chaplaincy program and I gave it to Salvation Army, part of what I was trying to do with that, along with you know having the officers being able to like 
have the chaplains come out to help them and that that pass off so they could pass off what was going on because the officers might not be able to handle the situation but a chaplain might be able to but the other part of that is once so we go to a homicide scene and the chaplains are there once we figure out who the people were that were the suspects and they were arrested we were supposed to send chaplains to the jail to meet with them and their family so there's a double like bringing people into that back to that natural again and then actually helping looking for those root causes right i mean and i don't know if the latter part of that ever happened um but it still could i mean that could be part of part of what's going on um but it's amazing no it's it's totally amazing um what you're doing will definitely not only help the officers um but it will also help the community relations between officers and people um and officers the people that they're arresting and their families, dude, it's, it's just, it's crazy good. It's just crazy good. So what is that process? So you also going to have people that are mentoring the people coming out of prison, right? But you're also going to be having officers starting to do that too. So give me a, give me an explanation of like how both are kind of happening. Yeah, they, they, they already are. Um, and it's, it's not, I mean, it's everybody from your, your recruit who hasn't even become an officer yet, uh, attending our, our Wednesday night reentry support huddles. Because right. um, after that first time we met um, at the academy, uh, some of these recruits, and keep in mind, they're not even officers yet. Right. That very first Wednesday night, they were at our, at our shop, at our doors, with our men, eating with our guys, praying with our guys. They're not even police officers yet. I just gave myself goosebumps. I love that. Um, because that's the next generation of Moncler police officer. Yeah. Um, you go all the way up the ranks to uh, a woman, uh, Boston Smith. Uh, she's she's an inspector, and she's there every Wednesday night. She's a mentor. Yeah. She's there on Easter morning when when people make calls because I called her about one of our guys on Easter morning. I kid you not. <laughs> and she took my call and said, "How can I help? What can I do?" And this is on Easter morning. Yeah. She's high up. I mean, she's right underneath the chief. Yeah. Um, and without hesitation, how can I help? And so that's the type of people we have involved in our program. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So can you talk about now when when we were doing our background stuff, you were talking about how you were like you dressed up as a cop and then you went in. Can you can you talk about that, how how that all kind of unfolded? And and that was like the introduction yeah. to, of what was all going to be happening. Right. Yeah. So kind of lay that out. Yeah. So. So what I was referring to in some of those things with you, with you and revolutionizing what community policing looks like, yeah. um, I've always been of the mindset that don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so but it's a pretty tall tale. So we went to the academy and talked to the, to the command staff there, and uh, they were all on board with trying to get their recruits involved in the community. Right. Uh, so we came up with this idea to, you know, we had the humanize the badge, humanize the tattoo, uh, because as I said in the, in the beginning of this interview, if you don't humanize yourself, you can't hope to get to a better spot. So with my background, um, it's, it's, it's a rough one. I mean, I was convicted of murder three days after I turned 15 years old and, and served 23 years. So that's a pretty big um, thing to overcome. So we said, well, let's do the opposite. So I became a Lieutenant um, I think Steve Smith from Detroit. And I came and gave a presentation at the academy to all 60, 62 recruits. Uh, and I never lied to them. I just talked about uh, how things are difficult. Uh, certain crimes will affect you in certain ways. Never told them what to do. Um, then we ate lunch together. Um, 
uh, still an officer. And then we took them out in, into the community. We loaded them up onto two big tour buses and we took them to 22nd and Alvina. And, and a friend of mine who was also um, incarcerated at some point, uh, we had him put on his uh, orange county jail uniform and he was waiting for the recruits in the community. And this is um, on the north side. And so here, here it is. Uh, District 5 police officers close off the block and here comes two big tour buses. You have about 80 officers on this block. So I think all the citizens were freaking out thinking their block's going to get raided. Uh, but it was yeah. the exact opposite. Right. And so the very first words out of my friend's mouth was, uh, do you look at me differently now? Because we'd already humanized ourselves as right. officers and right. had a good rapport with that. Yeah. Uh, and the point of that was to show that you never know what you're going to get. You never know who you're going to deal with. And you never know the importance of treating someone with dignity, even when they've made a mistake, because you don't know what they're going to do 20 years from now. Correct. Yeah. And then uh, as he was finishing up his presentation, because I was still in my uniform at that point, uh, I, I jumped in my car and drove to the to the cemetery on 124th and Capitol, Wisconsin Memorial. Uh, and I put on my orange prison jumpsuit. Um, and things like, why, why would you do that? Uh, and I stood in front of Officer Mahowski's uh, gravesite. And we got permission from the family yeah. um, because I knew the individual, unfortunately, that that shot that officer. We were in the same prison together. Uh, we played basketball together and we were we were released in the same year. And so we brought the recruits to the cemetery. And here I am in my orange jumpsuit. And I, I, I told them, I said, look, I need you to understand the importance of why you're here. Why it is so important that you connect with people and, and treat people like human beings so we can humanize each other. Um, and I kind of just showed unsuccessful reentry, successful reentry. Yeah. Successful reentry means you you can go home to your family at night. Yeah. Um, and then that the captain he had there he this was probably one of the most beautiful parts. He asked it humbled me so much. Um, it was very emotional. It was raining, so it kind of had a just a very somber somber mood. Yeah. And he asked, can you can you pray for everybody? And he asked all the recruits to take off their hats and. Uh, I just prayed for all for all these, all these 60 recruits and just the safety. And it was such a, a humbling experience to be a part of that and to be asked to, to, to it's like, he's asking me to pray for these next generation of officers. And it just, yeah. man, it's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. Adam, that's how God works. That is how he works. That's how he does. Things. Um, man, if, if we're obedient to walking the way he wants us to walk, um, he's going to do those things. You're going to get elevated. And, um, I love that guys. If you, if you don't love that story, check your pulse because I don't know if you're breathing. I mean, it's just, I'm serious because that is good stuff. And to start at the recruit level guys is amazing because like, like I was saying, officers, they want to help people. That's why they become officers. Guys, I don't believe in a systematic racism thing of like everything of, within law enforcement. I don't believe in that guys. And I've worked at three different departments plus the military. And I'm telling you, I did not see it. And I worked in DC guys. I did not see racism. I'm not saying that it wasn't there individually with maybe some officers, but I did not see it. Um, telling you. And also here in Milwaukee, I did not see it. So I, I don't believe in that, but I really believe this is going to help like tremendously. And, and even if the officers don't want to participate in the future. I know that, that you're talking that there might be some policies and stuff that will be set in place that they have to do something. Um, 
but at least they'll have that perception and that knowledge of what that is because it's it, it you're right officers are human you know and the people that the officers are arresting are human and they deserve respect both and they deserve grace and 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 you know our empathy all those kind of things of really how we should be treating each other no matter what right i mean that's really what it, what it boils down to so no doubt. Yeah, that's amazing so where do you see yourself like six months from now a year from now what's 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 happening man i with god there's no telling i mean i i <laughs> swear to you just you showed that video um where i was speaking at a press conference with the mayor the police chief yeah. the president of common yeah. council yeah. if you would have asked me six months prior to that that wouldn't have even been on the radar so right. i i put it all in god's hands wherever he wants me to go yeah. If it's somewhere completely different than what I'm doing right now, I mean, I'm I'm gonna follow his lead. Yeah. Um, I hope to be doing the same thing. I hope to be bringing. At the end of the day, I hope to be making our community safer. Yeah. And I feel we do that one interaction at a time because I get it. People will understand. Will say, why should we care about these criminals? Sure, you know, they do the crime, lock them up, and I I'm all, I get that. I, yeah. I don't dispute that. Like yeah. Myself, I deserve to go to prison. Yeah. But if people are getting out, and we don't want them to commit another crime. Yeah. You, you can't get around. You have to humanize one another. Yeah. Then we all win. You know, yeah. all that money, because I think a billion dollars goes into the correction system in, in Wisconsin. A billion dollars. Yeah. Think how many schools, how many teachers, yeah. how many yeah. different things of that nature we could purchase if we just move the needle 1%. Yeah. Well, and think about this. Think about the officers like connecting, doing this kind of stuff on a municipal level where you might just charge someone with like, I don't know, I don't even know if they even like write tickets for like small amounts of marijuana, but whatever that would be, right? So, and now the person's got to go to like the house of correction and the officers are still kind of making those contacts and they got it in their mind that they can help this individual. So they are looking for those root causes and they are looking for that connection. Dude, it could be, I mean, the, the thing we sh that we should try to do is to stop the, the cycle of what's happening so that you don't go to the prison, right? So you don't do the 23, Correct. right? So, um, and then it Proactive, also, are you guys doing anything with like the families? So you got someone that's going in that's now is going to be incarcerated and all the officers kind of following with that. Are they doing anything with the family? Uh, not that we know of. I mean, we invite family members to come with our guys um, I, to our Wednesday night support huddles. Right. We'll have... Uh, different we've had kids we've had uh, girlfriends wives yeah. uh all, all sorts that we we invite because we understand the importance of who's who's your social circle consists of who's in your phone yeah um and a lot of times we want to know who those people are because yeah. if they're terrible people well odds of you you know not succumbing to that yeah. terribleness is is not that good yeah. and so we try to connect people with positive people and some because sometimes family is the enemy to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I know. Right, right. No, I, I totally get that. Um, but I agree with you. It's one person at a time. I'm a firm believer you can change one person, you can change a family, and then you can start changing the generations. And um, and, and it's huge. Um, I mean, I believe that people can, like, be completely saved and, you know, delivered and all that in multiple people, like, at one time. But the true, like, changing is the walking through the process. And that process is one individual at a time, you know, um, and it's, it's very, very important.
So how can people partner with you? What, what can they do? Um, want to talk a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're always looking for positive role models. Yeah. Um, because as I said, most people that get out of prison, and this is a sad state of affairs, most don't have a positive social circle. Yeah. Um, so we, we firmly believe in mentorship. And a lot of what we've been doing is, is bringing law enforcement on as mentors. Uh, but just your average citizen, your average person that goes to church and, and, and wants to do something better, like they see the news and all the negativity. And I'm sure a lot of people say, what can I do? Yeah. Well, you can show up. Yeah. Uh, just like on, on our Wednesday night uh, support huddles, just show up. Yeah. yeah. And to say, you know, I'm interested in, in mentoring somebody and, and just being a positive voice in their life. And it doesn't mean you have to spend, you know, all day with them every day. I mean, just yeah. a couple of texts here, um, a, a cup of coffee there. And yeah, you know, so that's something that we take for granted that these guys have never had. Yeah. And it's amazing yeah. what, you know, a couple of texts. Um, or, or a cup of coffee can do to humanize somebody. And it seems so simple, but nobody's doing it. Right. No, I, I totally agree. No, I totally agree. Is there an application process and stuff like that? Yeah. If, if you want to uh, come on board as a, a mentor, there's a, there's a form you fill out and uh, go through an interview. Um, and, but I, I promise you it's painless, yeah. <laughs> but we have to know because sometimes there's people that have ill will towards uh, people yeah. that have committed crimes and you know people, there's all kinds out there so we have to ensure the safety of everybody yeah no so guys in the comment section i put the the web address um which is uh, the communitywarehouse.org um there's the facebook stuff there too so when we're done um you guys can go on there and click that so if you have someone that you know that's incarcerated that's about to get out um adam would be the guy you want to talk to so that they can get Absolutely. connected and then get them into this program. Um, the other thing is if you have law enforcement people that want to get involved, you might have some family members um, that maybe they had this, just show them this video and kind of see what they say. Maybe they want to get involved. But guys, I'm telling you, this is, this is going to flip upside down how things are going. And I believe it's a start of many more things that are going to come. I think once we start doing this and officers can really start looking at how to help people and that there is a way to do that. Uh, it's going to change everything, guys. I'm telling you. Um, and it's going to bring God's love. Just so, all right, man. Any last words? What? Any Anything else? Um, our time has definitely run out again. It goes quick, man. Okay. Every, time. It, Every time. It does go very quickly. Uh, I'd probably leave with one simple message. And I get everybody out there, or not everybody, but there's a lot of people out there protesting and, and asking for change, yeah. which is, that's your right as an American. But I would I would challenge you in this way. Uh, and it's pretty much just a sentence. Quit asking for change and be the change. There you go. Simple as that. Yeah. You want to help? You want to make this this place a better place? Yeah. Well, show up and do it. Yeah. Quit protesting. Uh, just come up and, and do something tangibly that, that changes something. Yeah. Uh, one interaction at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, one of the things that I've always believed is that if you want to change something within an institution, to do it from within, you do it from within. And I, I agree that external like pressure can change things, but I don't believe that's ever everlasting. Um, you want to do it from within and change the people that are doing things within it. And it, it changes a culture of what's going on within policing or what, what, whatever that would be. That's the way to change things. And just like you're talking about, it's one person at a time, right? 
and it's changing the philosophy and the perception of how things are running. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Become the change. I, I totally agree. I, I don't think, and I'm all for First Amendment rights and people having the ability to go protest. I, I totally get that. But really, when when are you going to do the change? When is the, the time point stop, right? Um, yeah. I totally don't agree with, I totally don't. And I'm actually going to be having a show, guys, in the next couple of weeks about some of the cancel culture and some of the woke things that are kind of going on and telling you that stuff's got to stop. I, I, I won't get into it right now, but it, it's going to be a couple of really good shows. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to being able to talk about that. But, yeah, you got you got to become the change. So, dude, you are a change maker, man. I'm telling you. God, I'm trying. God's hand is all over in what you're doing. And um, I'm telling you, thousands and thousands of people are going to be affected on both ends, officers and people that have been incarcerated. And you're going to see that multiplication happen. Um, it's just, and it's going to come really quick too. Um, it's going to come quick. God, God is just going to pour his Holy spirit through you and things are going to happen very, very quick. So just be ready, man. Just totally be ready for that. So yeah, I'm honored honored to have you on my show. Uh, again, I want you to come back. I would love for you to bring maybe an officer with you next time. And maybe someone that that person was mentoring. If you can kind of arrange that. That would be amazing to kind of show what it actually is and how it's happening and how it's really affecting people. So I, w- I would love that. We'll do that. Excellent. Uh, absolutely. So give me a second. Don't hang up. And uh, um, yeah, just give me one second. I'll be right back. All right. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, right there. Man, I'm telling you, awesome show, guys. I know you like it. Give me some emojis. Give me a yes and amen because I'm telling you what this young man is doing is amazing. And God is all over it and people's lives are going to be changed. So if there's any way that you want to partner or support them, go to their website. Man, I'm, I'm sure they need donations and all those kind of things. So whatever Holy Spirit's leading you, you know, if he's leading you to like maybe you're supposed to be mentoring. And if this is like touching your heart, man, just do it. Remember, God is giving us those visions and those plans and he wants us to implement those things within the places of where we work, our cities, all those kind of things. But, and one thing I haven't really talked about a lot today is that intimate relationship with him. It starts with that. You got to spend that time. You got to get filled up with Holy Spirit and then you ooze him out wherever you go. And we are atmosphere changers and we're people changers. Holy Spirit does that through us. The minute that you keep on taking that time and spending it with him and getting filled up in that intimate time with him, and guys, that really means that we got to be quiet. You got to listen. Just be quiet. Just soak in his presence. I'm telling you, get aligned correctly and do that. So if any of this kind of touched you, make sure you share this. Make sure you do some watch parties after. Send it to people who you think might need this. Maybe people that you know that's incarcerated or families or people that are law enforcement. Man, I'd really like to see to get like a lot of mentors for this. Um, cause I'm sure there's going to be more and more people that are going to want to do this program. Excellent guys. Thanks for watching, man. I am stoked. Oh, let me know too, how everything looked like visually and audibly, um, with this new Ecamm software stuff that they're doing. So I can get that to them so they can kind of get the kinks out and, uh, all the little bug things that they need to change. So, all right, guys, amazing. Thank you for watching. I'm telling you. 
get filled up with Holy Spirit, take that time, that intimate time with him, and you're going to change atmospheres and people wherever you go. Remember, surrender all. It'll be a blessing to some. Oh.